This is the audio podcast episode 114 in the midst of chaos. It's May the 13th. Samuel Freeman is not with us, but never fear because... Adamiac is here! Yes! <laughs> so we've got, we got a lovely audio podcast uh, dual, duet to come. And yes, we're going to cover our news. We're going to we've got some plunder. It's all going to be very good. You can contact, or uh, well, you can um, consume your audio podcast in standard kind of ways. Uh, best ways usually via podcast, uh, iTunes, GPod, or what's the name of this other one? Stitcher. Stitcher. I was right. That's what I said last week. Um, and also, we do a live video cast via. YouTube. Um, it's, it's kind of maybe I don't know if anyone actually catches us for these because we tend to do them erratically. But yes, you can you can see all of the past episodes at youtube.com forward slash the audio podcast. And of course you can get in contact, Twitter at the audio podcast, show at the audio podcast.co.uk, and you can follow our notes at the audio podcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash one one four for this week. Let's well, do it. I'm Scott Hewitt, and I say it's time to hit the news. So our, our first one here, this is a real-world event for people probably most likely in London. Uh, the team behind Session Band are hosting an event at the Apple Regent Store on the 15th of May uh, this year, 2014, not 2017, which <laughs> apparently is what they've been putting in the show notes, um, at 7 o'clock. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I only just noticed that. Brilliant. That's like three years in advance. It, it is free to anybody, but it does require you do have to register beforehand that you want to attend, which you can do via the Apple Store Regent, via the Regent Street Apple Store website. There you go. There you go, and and uh, the session is going to feature top saxophonist Graham Blevins. I mean, I have to admit, I've never heard of him, but I guess he his his credits here in the notes it says that he's played for or on the records of Kylie Minogue and Phil Collins. Am I correct? That That is, according to the notes, yes. Aha. Okay. So uh, what is Session Band, Scott? Well, it's the fastest way to create pro-quality music, Adam. Oh. Oh, oh. And is there a particular platform that you have to use to get access to this amazing system? It's uh, iOS. Ah, okay. iOS. My, my understanding is that it is a... Well, from, from what I've seen and what I've played, my, my understanding is it's a kind of collection of pre-deployable kind of loops that you can then edit as audio. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So maybe not the type of thing that you or I would use, but a good way for maybe uh, live musicians or uh, those with less experience to get a foothold in music yes. creation. Cool. Exactly so. I suspect it is it gives an incredibly polished incredibly polished sound and product. I suspect it suffers in the same way that most of these kind of t tools do in that the range of thing you can create is, you know, quite quite limited and people will probably be able to identify what you've used to do it very quickly in the future because, you know, generally in these things there tends to be like, you know, a few really good, really good things or, you know, and everybody overuses them really quickly. So stuff. A bit like... Garage band, Apple Loops and Garage Band or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I suspect that's likely to be the kind of thing that happens. Sort of stuff. But, but as not as would normally happen, there'll always be those who will go the extra mile and create, maybe use the tool, but create a um, their own sound set or something like that. Um, you know that that has a link. You know, going in and getting your hands dirty, it has a link to uh, our next story, which is about hyperbent, uh, which I believe is is actually a set of is it a set of programs? Um, it, it, it's a set of samples, um, which, which are available okay. for live Canat or uh, Logic, um, available right now on a promotion, and it's. Um, 80 circuit bent or hardware hacked instruments. So, so they've see. had a they've had a range of samples for a what they've they've had a kind of lots and lots of small kind of groupings they've been building up, and this is the the complete kind of grouping instead of the whole lot. And and I didn't put the pricing in, but if I remember correctly, I think the promotion pricing is really good actually. I think it, it is. I've got it up here. It's, it's usually fifty nine dollars, and it's down to nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, so that is a good deal, and so I, I suppose the samples are of instruments that have been circuit bent by these people, and they've sampled them and now made those available. It's not like it would be nice to. I, I saw the, the 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 article and I was like, oh oh, is it is it going to be that you can actually buy circuit bent instruments and there's a discount, but it's not not quite as nice as I thought it was going to be. There you go. Um, some other some other new new toys that are out this week. Um, IK Multimedia are shipping the iRing, which we first talked about in show ninety nine, and we uh, there's a good chance we're going to have a review for you in the next couple of weeks actually as well. Um, mm -hmm. But they are now released and shipping, and you can get the as suggested at the time. There are two free apps available for iOS devices: the uh, iRing Music Maker and iRing FX Controller are free and available in the um, you know. You know, available via iTunes right now, or the App Store actually is how you meant to say this. And just to remind people that this is actually a, a it's a controller system where you put rings on your fingers, and they've got these little symbols on. So I suppose they use the symbol as the way of tracking them, and you can then move your hand about in front of the uh, device's camera, and that is converted into you know the necessary data stream to drive this or that or yeah. Whatever, but uh, yeah, we hope to do a a review, uh, an audio podcast review. It's probably one of the rarer things, the audio podcast review, isn't it? We do do them every now and again, but we only we only do them when we have a you know, it. How can one put it? We we only do them when we feel we have a something you know, the the product is of genuine interest, and we have a you know, I mean sort of stuff like that. So we, I think controllers and things like this are something we're really interested in. We're interested in mobile devices and stuff. So I think it's, I think it's cool. I'm saying we, we talked a lot about it in show 99. So you can go back and you know, as as we said there at theaudiopodcast.co.uk, you can just drop back and get show 99 and take have a listen to it there and hear our thoughts mm -hmm. on it. I've actually become more and more intrigued by intrigued as to how well it works actually because it struck me that if this works really well, they've released a a formal developer SDK now as well with this. And it strikes me that this is, if if you're going to have anything in your, if if you're going to have to have anything in addition to work with a controller, to to work with like this kind of interface, then having something which just clips on just clips on your hand is completely passive and essentially is a piece of plastic with a pattern on it, strikes me as the best possible choice as opposed to 
you know, I've, I've done this kind of thing myself with LEDs and stuff like that in the past, and it strikes me that this could be, you know, if this works really well, then this could be a, a really great implementation, which could perhaps see a lot of kind of development, you know, beyond that. But it'd be interesting to see if it's, you know, if it's going to, you know, how well it's going to work. I'm saying maybe it doesn't work. Cool, cool. That's going to be and, an awkward review, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's just going to be, you know, moving your hand in front of the screen, or I don't know how 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 we do that, to be honest. But uh, moving on to another controller, this one's a little bit more typical uh, of controllers at large. Is the Arturia Beat Step, which looks kind of like one of those Korg, those little Korg ones. But I imagine maybe there's a twist there. Is is there's something else going on? Well, so you're, you're right in thinking. You're thinking of something like a nano control, aren't you? Those, um, you know, and and essentially, to it, it it does appear at first glance just to be a set of buttons and a couple of dials on a kind of small, you know, slightly smaller than a USB keyboard sort of format kind kind of device. And and at first glance, yes, for yes, perhaps. But upon closer examination, you actually get things like CV outputs, control voltage outputs on it. Oh. Okay, so um, this is something you could plug directly into an old-style synthesizer with the correct. I, I, I believe so. Yep, and it also comes with. Um, it also supports the USB camera kit for an iPad as well, so oh, you yeah. could also plug it into an iPad. And something it does, which is really neat but not apparent in first glance either, is that um, it it actually also comes with a step sequencer built into it as well. So not only can what? you use it as a so not only can you use it as they hit the button and the sound goes in a kind of a kind of trigger sort of way, you can also use it as having programmed a sequence. You can press the button and the button causes the sequence playback to happen, which makes sense when you consider the CV option and also the fact you can go to the USB camera kit. So you could have a synth running on your, you know, running on an iPhone on an iPhone or an iPad and then launch a sequence off your hardware device. Yes. Yes. Yep. Excellent. So it is a bit more than one of your little nano controls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, designed for use with live BFD and Easy Drummer. There you go. There you go. That sounds good. That sounds good. Now. Autoria are coming out with loads of. Yeah, I'm really interested in Autoria stuff. Well, no, they make. They they are the ones who do their own synthesizers, the hardware analog synthesizers. So I can see where this little box. You know, they obviously it's also designed to plug into their own synthesizers and control yeah. stuff that way. So well, that's what, cool. what I find what, what I find most interesting is that they're emulating in my mind they're kind of starting to emulate an old an old style way of working. If you were to think like late eighties, early nineties, pre pre affordable multi channel live audio. You know, the they're start that kind of MIDI studio kind of I was hoping you were gonna say pre Britpop. Which is quite interesting because I wonder, for, for my for my teaching work, I, I'm painfully disappointed and aware as to how little of that world very, most of the students I deal with actually know anything about. So I'm kind of intrigued that Latoria are kind of like spending a lot of effort, are doing a lot of work in terms of allowing people to go back to that way of working when I think there's an increasingly large group of people who have no idea about that way of working anyway. So, If it's relevant, it's relevant, and if it isn't, then it isn't. Yeah. There you go. Wise words from the audio podcast. And now we move on to what could be the biggest story of the day. 
it technically should have been number one, but the way that the notes work means that it's the last news story that we talk about as well. And that is, uh, it's about our, one of our favorite topics of all time, that uh, there's a rumor that Apple will buy Beats headphones. Mm. For a lot of money. For a lot of money and... For a billion, billions of dollars. I suppose, in the end, I'm like... So we have to remember, of course, this, is, this hasn't been confirmed by either side, but, you know, there's there's been some talk here and there and who knows where it might go. Um, as I understand it, it's been... Uh, maybe Beats have been kind of under a bit of a bidding war from numerous sides. So there's Apple, but also I think I read that Google were interested and... and maybe another company, uh, but it seems that Apple is the name that everyone's talking about. And I, personally, I, I'm like, okay, it doesn't, doesn't seem crazy. It seems like a lot of money to spend on this kind of thing. Mm. So I guess as, um, the, the clear audio podcast angle is the fact that it's headphones and, you know, we on the audio podcast love headphones. So we do. We do. But not headphones. necessarily Beats headphones. Now, well, I'm saying that from the perspective of I haven't tried a set of Beats headphones, so I can't say if I like them or not. But general, uh, the general consensus, I suppose, is that they're kind of hyped. The quality isn't bad, but they're hyped a certain way for a certain type of music or listening experience. And that might not be the kind of experience that you or I would be interested in. Well, I guess a couple of things. If I remember um, a few, this is the moment where Sam would come back with the exact show number, wouldn't he? But a few shows ago, we did talk about a, an article that was talking about the quality of uh, Beats headphones, and it demonstrably kind of suggested that there were a, a lot more, there were a lot cheaper options that would give you better quality than you were going to get from Beats. And they, mm. so they were saying, you know, you, you're not buying Beats for a, a quality set of headphones in any way. You're spending more money than you need to for lower quality than you could have got. So just, you know, be aware that's what you're doing. And that's fair enough. Uh, like, and that's exactly Apple's strategy when it comes to headphones. You have to. Certainly so. yeah. um, I mean, I can see you've got a couple of uh, Apple Buds there in your ears, and you obviously got them with an iPod or some form of eye thing. Um, I never used those headphones, partially because they never stuck in my ears. They would all, whoop, there you go, I, an old school iPod Nano. Um, those type of earphones just fall out of my ears almost instantaneously, so I've never used them. Um, but having worked for Apple, it was a thing that people used to come in quite often to get replacements because they tend to use them all the time. They have to turn them up because they don't have good sealing, and then they break because they've got too much volume going through them. Um, sound quality, okay, you know, but Apple have never really been known for making amazing headphones or earphones. So uh, I don't know, but I've been hearing other reasons why this might be going on, why Apple might buy Beats, and it's maybe more to do with music services and people and audiences rather than Apple want to sell headphones. Yeah. Well that's fair. Well so so my thoughts and then, then we'll come back to you for why why you think it might happen. So my thoughts about why it won't happen are 
first of all, I just don't see what they're buying because as 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 an illustration, Apple there there are no sub brands within Apple. So you know what I mean? It's like if Apple bought these headphones, then the typical strategy would be for them all to disappear and then in a few months' time a new headphone a new set of headphones to turn up and they would have Apple's, you know, Apple logos on them. You know what I mean? That's mm. like they they're not they're not gonna ever do you know, ever do that. They buy people and immediately remove their branding and just stick onto their own branding. So yeah. with that being the way they do things, they could go out and buy somebody else like say Seinhauser and get a much better quality of headphone for a mm-hmm. lot less money and, you know, be able to, you know, be able to do that kind of process very, very, you know, that would be a much more sensible route for them to go along the lines of rather than to go down the, the Beats purchase. Now, I know that Beats have a music service and, you know, iTunes has recently been slipping in terms of Amazon and people on Spotify kind of moving into that territory. But then again, you know, you know, you suspect that Apple could probably do a purchase on Spotify if they wanted to, or Last FM. Mm-hmm. You know, if they really well, had they, a genuine concern. Apple have you got know. loads of money, haven't they? They've got. Oh, precisely. Loads. Why? Why buy the minor threat when you could buy the main competitor and just be done? It's like, you know, what I mean, mm. they're saying that's. That would be perfectly, you know, that that would be a better strategy for them than to, because the music service is while while it does while while it is operating, I believe the the numbers aren't reported, so they you know Beats do not do do not declare their user base number on that accurately, and one suspects the reason for that is because it's not you know if it's if not the as word big as it actually as we yeah. think it is as no. people think it is. I, I have to be honest. I don't see... customers, you would say you would say we have millions of subscribing customers. That's what you would say. Oh, oh you mean for the music service, not for the headphones? Yeah. For yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know Beats did a music service. So that shows how prominent that is in our minds. Um, I suppose I had multiple thoughts. I mean, the the truth is. When I heard about it, I was like, yeah, fine. I don't care. If Apple buy Beats, I don't care because it's not good. The worst thing that happens in these acquisitions is that a brand that you love or that you respect kind of gets destroyed or has some part of it you know, taken away, and that ruins the experience. I'm not interested in Beats headphones. Um, I will always go with a better quality of headphone, which, again, slightly cheaper, Sennheiser, uh, AKG, Audio-Technica, you know, any number of these brands I I would go with over Beats anyway. So I'm not that fussed. Um, And otherwise, I, I suppose I just wonder why they would want to spend so much money. And it is the largest amount that Apple would pay to buy another company. It would be their, their biggest value acquisition ever. So that is notable for me, the reason why they would spend so much money. Um, is it going to happen? Because you've written in the notes that you don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I, I don't think it's... I, I think there's a couple, of, a couple of issues. I think the first issue is the reason this story came, the reason this story is out and this rumor is running is because Dr. Dre... Gave made a YouTube video where he made rumor to the fact that he's going to become a billionaire or something like that, and from oh. that people, and and that is the thing that extrapolated the it's going to happen sort of stuff. And then nobody on either side of the camp has then 
neither Apple nor Beats have kind of denied it. And yeah. As a consequence, it's kind of it's kind of happened around the press from that that sort of point of view. You see, it's just giving the press something to do. Really, it's just giving the press something to do and have a bit yeah, of a back exactly and forth. So. I I think maybe there was something maybe there was something in the background possibly happening, but I suspect it is no longer. No, no longer the case. To be honest, I maybe maybe there was something initially, but I, I suspect that this is not the way that Apple traditionally like to do business. So I suspect they will not be. You say that, but then we do. You know, we're not in the Steve Jobs era anymore. Tim, what's his face, does Cook. things differently. Yeah. Tim Cook. Yes, I apologise, Tim Cook. Um, he does things differently. He's more of a. I think maybe more of a kind of businessman. So he he might have a reason to do this. So I'm not going to dismiss it from that perspective. But then, you know, Apple rumors are already, always a bit weird. Sometimes they're absolutely, definitely certain. Sometimes, like the the, te the television rumor, mm. nothing. That has completely gone. And, like, two years ago, everyone was talking, Apple television, Apple television set, you know, this kind of thing, yeah. and just nothing. But that's so it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to really say. Uh, same with smartwatches as well, like... Yeah. You know, Google and Samsung have released smartwatches, but Apple are just like nothing has happened there. It, it's interesting that you mentioned that as a that that as an illustration of TV actually, because if you were if I was if if you were to say to me Apple are going to make a huge purchase of some company some tech company some electronics company who are they going to be? Then I would suggest to you that actually part of Sony would be the better choice. Because Sony, or, Sony as a company, are in a complete mess at the moment. Like the, P, mm -hmm. the PS4 is hold is keeping the whole company afloat almost. So you know, if I if I had a large amount of money and I was allowed to go out and buy any sort of electronics manufacturer, then you know why not buy Sony and get the camera brand, you know, get get the mm -hmm. camera brand. Get the Too TV big a purchase, brand, I'd say, for Apple. The, well, maybe, but then the Beats purchase is a huge amount of money for a company that makes fairly shoddy headphones. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. But the fact is, they look good and people buy them, which is, I suppose, kind of like Sony Where as Sony's well. Where Sony's going wrong? <laughs> but they, uh, Apple Sony don't need to buy look Sony. Good, but people don't buy them. <laughs> Apple don't need to buy Sony because they just don't. There's there's nothing in Sony that Apple needs. There's something, if it's true and if it happens, there's something in Beats. And I wonder if it's actually Dre. I wonder if it's Dr. Dre that's that's kind of you know, he's got a reputation, and maybe he's the arbiter of some audience that Apple have struggled to get a hold of, uh, and maybe Apple branding Beats headphones with an Apple symbol on them might do something about that. I, I don't know. It's not about headphones. I still don't think it's about headphones, but we'll have to wait and see. So uh, early June will be WWDC, and that's when Apple usually does its big announcements. Um, so a couple of weeks' time, we may know something. Oh, that's true. Maybe maybe, maybe we're going to see some sort of cross-brand, you know, like uh, like the H HP laptops have had Beats Audio integrated into them. Maybe we're going to see Apple yeah. into that sort of territory. And, do that. and, the, and HTC also did have, on the One, they had Beats integration. But in the, one, in the new version of that, the M8, they re removed it. So... Well... There, there was actually, I think it's it, it was TechCrunch, I put the link in, because it's a nice little sideline. HTC recently sold their share of Beats. Because um, ah. HTC are in a mess, are, are really, really, are, are in real trouble at the moment. 
so uh, financially. So HTC had to sell their share of Beats for another sort of conditions. And they were just remarking that if Apple really are about to do this deal, then that probably would have saved HTC because oh, yeah. Dr. Dre's going to get a if, if he's expecting a couple of billion, then that you know. So maybe Apple for wanted, HTC would have been good enough. <laughs> maybe maybe Apple wanted to buy Beats ages ago, and they were like, "No, we're not giving money to HTC as part of a a buyout of of yeah. Beats." I don't know, who knows, but I feel, on a slight sideline, I feel kind of sorry that HTC are having such troubles because their premium phones of late have been really nice pieces of kit and they just, like, Samsung stuff is just terrible. I, am, but, I, I, would, be, I would be inclined to agree with you with the exception that I have an S3, which is absolutely awesome, <laughs> but I would agree that the S4... Everybody I know has an S4 hasn't been so satisfied, and the S5 apparently the odds of you getting an S5 that works is pretty slim at the moment. So uh, yeah, so you went with an S3 in the end. I remember you pouring over and spending ages deciding which model you wanted. It, it was an S3 V and S3 V and HTC One V. Wait a few more weeks for an S4. It was indeed, and I think the S3 was the right choice. But to, to finish our beat story, um, up on the at the show notes, the audio podcast at co.uk/show/slash/114. Uh, we have a link to a Forbes story, which is a good kind of why or why it may or may not be a good idea. The Verge, who are guessing it's all about wearable, I wasn't convinced, but maybe they're right. And TechCrunch with the HTC save. So, you know, there it is. I'm going to say that I don't think it's going to happen. And when it does happen, Adam, you can come back and remind me of when I got it wrong. <laughs> I, I think I'll go with it. I, as I said before, I don't really care either way. If Apple buy Beats, I'll be like, eh, whatever. The only thing I really buy from Apple are computers, and I don't do that very often. So, yes. um, so you know, the headphones are here or that, neither here or there for me. I don't really care. So, shall we finish? Shall we finish the news section? Oh no, wait, we can't because I haven't asked the perennial question. Adam has. Yes. There been has there been a logic update, Adam? No. We have to go back. I'm maybe at some point I might go back through the most recent episodes and I'll find out how many weeks I've been asking that question. But no, no logic update. We we should record a tune which is all about there being no logic updates. I was thinking about this a few weeks ago, a couple of days ago. Anyway, the, the audio podcast presents Where Be Logic in it. <laughs> okay, let's let's, let's go on to the plunder. Plunder. It's plunder time. And so, we start with yep. a, a, an article from Avid Blogs about the accessibility for blind, visually impaired musicians in Pro Tools. Yep. There you go. It, it's, it's a cool read. Um, it, I, I suspect, like the vast majority of our listeners, like probably ourselves, we spend very little time considering what it would be like trying to use a computer without being able to see. Mm -hmm. um, I have actually been involved in a couple of projects many, many years ago, mainly from a Linux point of view, about looking at these sort of issues. And the solution that people generally go for is your computer talks to you. So it, it kind of talks to you and inevitably it becomes really quite infuriating because, well, it just it just does, to be perfectly honest. Um, which which was part of the reason I got very I got involved for a year or so looking at this more interestingly. But obviously if you're trying to do some audio engineering, you can't really have your computer talk to you. So... I thought that was interesting as a 
Hmm, to, to a degree, but there'll be certain things because being able to navigate around. So the, the article kind of goes into, it's kind of a history of particularly Mac, the Mac version of Pro Tools and how in Mac OS 9 actually there were solutions that allowed Pro Tools to be used fairly successfully in that kind of way. Uh, the, the operating system or the program would tell you that something has happened. Um, yeah. Shifting to Mac OS X, the, uh, the voiceover functionality uh, only came in 10.4. So it was, you know, a few years in. So uh, those musicians held on to their Mac OS 9 systems until voiceover turned up. And the guy writing the article actually went out, when 10.4 was out, he went out and got himself the new version of, uh, I think maybe a new computer with a new version of OS X, and found that Pro Tools didn't work. Oh, because there was some incompatibility with the way Pro Tools worked. Pro Tools was upgraded, improved it a lot. But then, in 11, it went back a step. Mm. And But then in 11.1, it's they've jumped forward again. So they're kind of back on track. I thought it was an interesting article, because actually it's hosted by Avid, but actually it kind of... When you read it, you're like, actually... Avid didn't handle this very well, did they? Okay, they've got back to a reasonable situation now, but to have in the jump from Pro Tools 10 to Pro Tools 11 uh, a, a reduction of accessibility um, features in comparison to the last version, that's actually pretty bad. You know, it's... It, I just found that to be more the thing that's kind of... That what that post told me about, but they have been addressed. So, but go. I thought it was an interesting, you know, it'd be an interesting read for for for, for our listeners. You know, I mean, as, a, as something a little bit unusual. And I did detect that last week there was some criticism of the plunder items. Ad. Oh, I can't remember what they were. I was the criticism that oh, were they like sci-fi related, and you weren't here, so you put them in, and they're all like to do with Star Trek, and me and Sam are like, okay, so yes. was one of them the data, data singing a song or listening to multiple tracks at once? That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was just like not quite sure the context here, but you know, we've got to go through them anyway. <laughs> I might try and see what the most outrageous plunder item I can get you guys to cover while I'm not on the show is one day, just for fun. There you yeah, go. Okay, okay. And then uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam has put this item up here um, just to make us aware of a um, open source hardware controller, which is the SugarCube, um, which is built on a, a 4 by 4 grid of kind of mono style LED buttons with motion sensors and some dials um, and battery power. That's what I took away from, I, I watched the video, I went to the website. The website's very nice, I watched the first video. The first thing I took away was, that's a monome, but it's only a 4x4 monome, not an 8x8 monome. But it does, I don't know if the monome has the accelerometers in it, because this one you can tilt. I don't believe it does, no. You can tilt it forward, backward, left and right, you can do the shake, and... Yeah that data can go through to max, so maybe that's where it's different. But uh, is this something you can actually build yourself? Yeah, well, it's a, it's the open open hardware, isn't it? So it's an Arduino. Ah, our favorite yep. little box. It's it's an Arduino at the base of it, so you can you know program an Arduino, which probably means that the in terms of functionality, this is a you know this is a suggested design, and I'm sure the 
the build instructions will be available in terms of how to build it, but you could if you wanted to yeah, but Instructables have the full build documentation, but obviously you could amend this or modify the design as much as you wanted to. So oh, if yeah. your concern is it doesn't have enough buttons on it, then I'm sure you can just add more buttons. So, and I guess the software, maybe if you build it to the correct thing, then the software will have what you need. Like, you can download the software from somewhere and just load it straight to the Arduino and it will work and you don't have to do much. Yeah, the, 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 the Arduino and MSB code is all up on GitHub. So and do you happen to know why? Because it's got two um, A-style USB connectors on it. I wonder why it's got two. I don't know. There you go. Ah, there you go. Maybe, got... maybe one is connectivity and the other is for charging, because that's actually charging and connectivity is a little bit awkward sometimes to do in this kind of device, but I don't know for certain. I'm just yeah, I guess there'll be some things that are like a bit tougher to do if you don't have access to like complicated stuff. But anyway, yeah. It has a power supply as well, doesn't it? it has a, um, well, yeah, it's, it's got the PSU port on it, so that would make it less. Has it got a battery in it? Yeah. Is there even charge? I suppose you can always power it from USB. Uh, yep, it does have a battery. It has a battery inside it. So. And does it say how much it costs if you were to buy all the parts? No, maybe the Instructable site would show would would let us know that. I, I'm there right now. It doesn't have a a bigger breakdown for the last bit. Um, but anyway, yeah. So you're interested in making your own little mini uh, Arduino type thing. And it, yes, it does come with a battery. I can see that right here. Then head to our notes. And you can get through to the link for the SugarCube MIDI controller uh, from there. Fantastic. Fantastic. And that's it. That's, that's it. it. We, we've made it to the end of show 114. Yay! I said, well, you say yay, but actually, you know, it's like, oh. <laughs> but Yay, this horror is over. Woohoo! But do not fear because we anticipate the return of the audio podcast next week. So there we go. I, I don't know if anyone can actually hear Scott there. He, he completely disappeared from me. Scott, say something. Hello there. Oh, oh. <laughs> he's okay. But it's, 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 it's not hello time, it's goodbye time. It's goodbye we time. We should return next week for the next audio podcast show but you know we are a little bit flaky so maybe it won't work out but hopefully it will but for now oh, let's commit Scott we'll we'll see you next week or maybe Tuesday Wednesday we'll see um, because the audio podcast is great and uh, have, have a great week I've been Adam Yanch I've been Scott Hewitt and this has been the audio podcast Yes! Oh, but I gotta get to the stop broadcast button and it's moving. Oh, I got it. Uh, what?